What's up? It's your girl, Black Madonna, coming to you with my podcast, Someone Said, straight out of the glass city. Um, today is Martin Luther King Day, and um, <sighs> the older I get, the more it becomes important to me that um, I take time to reflect and remember what Martin Luther King Day is about. It's not just a holiday to have off. Um, even though it is observed on the third Monday, it is not his actual birthday. I believe his actual birthday is January 17th. I'll fact check that in a minute. Um, but anyway, I just took some time to go through his speech and pull out a few valid points that I felt needed to be shared. Um, I'm going to bring a lot of those points up to date because, um, a lot of the things that we should be holding dear, especially as African-American people, black people, Negro people, whatever you want to call us, people of color, whatever that is being washed away, that is being drowned out. And, you know, the life of Martin Luther King shouldn't be one of them because without his progression without his movement, we wouldn't be allowed to do a lot of the things we are allowed to do today. But it's a lot of things that we still have not made progress in. We still not pushed through on. So that's why we need to remember the things that he said, not in this, just in this speech, but the things that he was teaching in the first place that led to this monumental moment. Um, where when he gave this speech in Washington DC um in the speech he talks about how even a hundred years after slavery now mind you this speech was in 1963 he was saying even a hundred years later after the emancipation proclamation that freed the slaves was signed that we were still not free and guess what here we are almost 50 years after that speech was given and we're still not free. We're still not free. You can claim to be free, but I guarantee you somewhere at some point in your life before, if you, if you are free at some place, at some point in your life, you had to go through some type of obstacle, some type of oppression. If you were not born with any type of generational wealth to help you break those curses, because in America, it's all about money, period. It's all about money. So almost 50 years later, and we still aren't free. I don't come from generational wealth. Nobody passed me down anything. I had to build and start all the way from the bottom. And I have to suffer through a lot of the things that families were suffering through, even in the civil rights movement, being denied things, being told that I can't have something, having to go through social programs to obtain things that I've seen other people, privileged people, not have to do in order to to obtain simple things, having to teach my children, not just basic life skills, but also having to teach them survival. So um, let's get into um, some other points that I came across in this speech. And if I stutter, if I stop, if I pause, please remember, I do not use a script for my podcast. This is coming straight from my heart, straight out of my head. Um, like I said, we still aren't free. We're still not free in our minds. 
we've become a complacent and satisfied people, some of us. We are appropriated. I think we are the most appropriated culture. Our culture seems to be the one that is stolen from the most. But we're the ones who are constantly treated like criminals, like we are the scum. We are the ones who are bad, but they are constantly taking from our culture. They're constantly doing things to look like us. Um, butt implants is a big thing now. Collagen in the lips to have bigger lips. They talk about black women using extensions. Well, you know, now, you know, your the braids. And the Afros, like I just seen a book, uh, not a book, I'm sorry, on Facebook, I seen one of those videos, one of those like hair tutorials where there was this Asian guy, um, which, you know, Asians have like that thin texture of hair, almost similar to Caucasian people, where he was going through this process where it made him look like he had an Afro, something that naturally comes with being a colored person. Being an African-American person, a black person, um, it's kind of even hard for me to voice how I feel in this podcast because I don't even really know what to call myself. Do I call myself an African-American? Do I call myself black? Do I call myself Negro? Do I call myself just a person of color? Do I call myself color? Do I call myself brown? I'm a brown-skinned black female, but I also have brown eyes. And I have bits of brown and blonde hair in my hair. Some parts of my hair is wavy and blonde. Some parts are thicker and brown. How do you describe yourself when you weren't, when we aren't originally from here? So am I African American? Am I black? Black, I believe is a, is the darkest of the darkest of the darkest color. I'm brown. What do I call myself as a person of color? Not free, not being able to be free in the mind. Those are the type of things. Those are the type of questions that continue to oppress us. And at the same time, you are told that you're the criminal. And the reason why you're poor is because your fault, because all you have to do is get out and work and get what you want. Well, that might be true. But how many of us have been able to do it without student loans? How many of us have been able to do it without borrowing? How many of us have actually been able to pay ourselves through school? Student loans is what's funding our government. Think about how much money they take from you. Think how much they are charging you for a little piece of paper for most of the time to do something that is already in you. Because if it wasn't already in you, you wouldn't have the desire to do it in the first place. I know a lot of people go after degrees for the money and they do things just for the money. But most of us, when we're choosing a degree and we're choosing a career path and we're choosing a course, we choose what is already in us. The desire is what's driving us. It motivates us. That's what pushes you to finish. And if you finish and it's not what you really want to do, then you end up living your life unsatisfied. But guess what you still have to do? Six months after you graduate, you have to start back paying those student loans. But we're poor and it's our fault. And you know what Martin Luther King said in his speech? He said America wrote us a bad check. A bad check. He said that a promissory note, a bad check that they are, that, and it came back insufficient funds. You know why? Once they freed us, that's when other laws start becoming into place to keep us 
from excelling or progressing as a people. Jim Crow, voting laws, all other types of oppression, housing laws to keep us from getting our own houses, to keep us from getting our own land. Do we really have the same opportunities? What happened to our 40 acres and a mule? Most of us, because of color and lack of resources, are already born a statistic. And we live as a statistic and we die as a statistic. Go put in your demographic, what you are right now. How much you make a year, how much you owe, whatever, what, how much you owe in student loans or your level of education, your age, and if you're and your race, especially if you're black. And see if you have not been shuffled into some type of statistic. If you don't have a high school diploma, look and see what it is that they say about you. If they don't, if you don't have a college degree, look and see what it is that they say about you. If you have children, if you have multiple children under the age of 30, look and see what it is that they say about you. What they say, your possibility of going on and making more than $30,000, $40,000 a year is. These are real statistics. We are statistics to them. And this is what Martin Luther King did wanted to apply pressure to the American government on. He was applying pressure to the American government, trying to make them give us the same opportunities that they have. We didn't even have the same school books. Our kids were at that in that time were weren't even being really taught to read out of the same books. Old worn out books, outdated books, while schools that had white children were receiving new books being kept up to date on history. Where is our history in the book? We've been here long enough. We've been through enough. Do we not deserve to have history in the American history book? Other than slavery and a few inventors during Black History Month? Don't you think that we deserve more than just Black History Month? Don't you think that Martin Luther King's dream deserves more than just a day? We sh this should be our life. This should be our lifestyle. This is what we should be living. We should be living for our civil rights each and every day. It was a call to racial justice. The I Have a Dream speech was a call to racial justice. And he used a platform in Washington, D.C., before the people who hate us and the people who loved him and were pushing for this civil rights movement. He used that as a platform to push an agenda for equality and for peace. He called 1963 the beginning, but what was it the beginning of? The process of gaining our rightful place in society and not being treated like three-fifths. Look that up. Look up three-fifths and what that means to you as a colored person. They didn't even see us as a whole person. We were considered property in the Constitution. Martin Luther King said that this is not a time to be bitter and hateful. And let's bring that up to 2019. This is not a time to be bitter and hateful. But even in the midst of struggle, Hold your head high with dignity and discipline. Where is our dignity? Where is our dignity? We have let, we have let the exposure 
the exploitation, I'm sorry, not exposure, but the exploitation called black exploitation through movies and things that came out after the civil rights move after the civil rights movement. Real funny, the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s, in the 70s, we want to start coming out with movies of, of black movies about pimping and hoeing and drug dealers and stripping and all the all the things that we know happens in the gutters in the gutters of the ghetto. I'm not saying that some things are not there, but I am saying that they were exploited as a part of an agenda to continue to destroy us as a black people, to take away from the things that Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and other civil rights leaders were trying to accomplish. Where is our discipline? We are just going about doing and saying anything. Like, we are really just going about doing and saying anything. Like, I yes, I understand that social media is supposed to be for entertainment and advertisement and networking and whatever else you want to use it for and to ask you what's on your mind. But that does not mean you have to say everything that is on your mind. That does not mean you have to put all of you out there into the world on social media. Most of the time, we think we're doing it. You're doing it for the likes. You're doing it for the laughs. You're doing it for the hearts. But you're really making yourself look like a fool yes i understand that sex sales and we have to make money but when are we going to stand up and say enough is enough and we're going to walk with dignity and discipline like the men and women that we are supposed to be martin luther king was encouraging us to not just use our bodies but use our minds and our souls to come together and excel there's so much power in the mind. There's so much power and so much creativity in the black community, period. Like we really don't give ourselves enough credit. And the ones who are giving the blacks credit, the ones who are really still there for the community, the ones who are still trying to help and do what they are supposed to do, the ones who are trying to really walk in the light are beginning are getting tired. Because it looks like it's getting nowhere. So it's a cycle that keeps repeating itself. Where it's only a very faithful few who keep standing up and going and going and going until they get older. And they try to pass it down to their children. But where you have five standing on this side, you have 500 standing on the other side going against what we should be doing. Because they already are born with no hope. That's not going to work. We're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to listen to us. Our vote doesn't count. But is that true? Is it true? We would never know until we all stand on one side and yes, stand up and vote. Yes, stand up and protest. Yes, don't be afraid to march. I don't care that that happened in 1963 and it is now 2019. We are still being beat up by the police. We are still being denied jobs. We are still being denied housing. Look at look at the situation in we, we're in right now with the government shutdown where most of us are just sitting ducks. If war broke out right now if famine broke out right now if we weren't able if the utilities or anything else or food they stopped selling food right now how many of us would survive how many of us would survive would we survive war no will we survive a famine no because we are too worried about the wrong things when is enough enough Martin Luther King in his speech, he goes through different scenarios of why we can never be satisfied. And you know one of those reasons why we can never be satisfied? Because we have been 
the victim to unspeakable horrors of police brutality, first and foremost. You've seen it. You know, we live in an age of social media where we see the videos. Um, rest in peace, Laquan McDonald. Rest in peace, Sandra Bland. Freddie Gray. You know, we could go on and on and on about people who have died or been injured in police custody for no reason. No reason. Just the level of violence, the level of force. Unnecessary. Um, why we can never be satisfied with our children seeing for whites only. You know, back then they couldn't drink out of the same fountains. They couldn't even, you know, be in the same areas. They weren't allowed to eat in white-owned restaurants and all those type of things. And while we're on the subject of for whites only, I would like to say shame on you, GM powertrain right here in the city of Toledo for the way that you are handling the racial harassment that is going on. Nooses being hung. For whites only being written in bathrooms. Supervisors, black supervisors, veterans at that being called the N-word. Dumb ass niggers. Shame. Sad. And this ain't 1963 we talking. We talking about now. Being called too sensitive. Really? Sensitive? Yes. Black people being called too sensitive because some of us would prefer if Caucasian people did not use the N-word. But because of cultural appropriation and everything being okay, the fact that they're trying to steal our look, they steal our music, because they're now a part of the culture because of drugs or whatever and whatnot, it's okay for them to use the N-word, but it would never be okay. Not when people, our ancestors, marched and went through slavery and were brought over here on ships and were spit, and, spit on, beat on, raped, murdered. And what were they being called the whole time? Nigger. And you know what? The fact that other black people use it is not a valid argument. I feel like in 2019, as a millennial, that if we want to use the word nigga, then we got the right to use it. Because if we want to take the word and turn it to use it something else, that's our choice because the word was used against us. But for it to come out of somebody else's mouth, it will never be okay with me. I just wanted to take this time um, and just really reflect today, you know, that Martin Luther King was just trying to help us be free be free and it was and it's not like you know be free to to loot and rob and steal just be free to live live basic things basic things we are being denied basic things education and housing that should health care those are things that shouldn't even be a question, but they're not going to give us health care that easy. How are doctors going to get paid if everybody gets well? Systematic oppression. How are they going to stay rich if they don't have anybody to steal from? Mass incarceration. Who's going to do the work? 
A lot of the th people don't even understand that a lot of the stuff that you wear, a lot of the things that you use is being made in prisons. Why they getting two cents, three cents, five cents towards what? People being locked up for life, for nonviolent crimes. And then there's an the argument of Democrat and Republican. Well, I'm not going to get into that, but I will say this. Bill Clinton was a Democrat. And that's who signed the most monumental bill on mass incarceration with three strikes. Well, you can get in trouble for this and get in trouble for that, but the next thing you know, you're doing 25 to life for stealing a VCR. What do you think that is? And now here we are again with Trump, with his war on drugs. Every every president and in they in different wars on drugs, the war on drugs, the war on drugs. So when we gonna rise up? They already got our they foot on our necks. When we gonna rise up? When we gonna to do what we're supposed to do? When we're gonna use the creativity? When are we gonna use our God given gifts? When are we gonna use the strength of our ancestors who survived all of this and not just be complacent with us with them giving us phones and with them giving us internet and with memes? We should be meeting. And coming together. That's all we're concerned about. And 2019 is being entertained. We're not free. Here's a little uh, fact for you. So far, 250,000 Hispanic people have converted to Islam. 250,000 Hispanic people so far have converted to Islam. And the numbers are steadily growing. While we continue to fight in-house gang violence, crime, drugs, neighborhoods just being ruined and ran through. Neighborhoods just full of abandoned houses. You know what I learned from being on the road and going different places and living different places? It's real funny to me that all hoods pretty much look the same. Bad streets, abandoned houses, people on the corner, hair stores, corner stores, churches, fast food places. Think on that. Just think on that. Well, this is the end of my little rant. <laughs> I want to thank you for taking time to listen if you did listen to it all the way through. Um, feel free to fact check me on anything. Feel free to uh, add me on Ask FM, Black Madonna, Black Madonna across all types of social media. Black Madonna, this is going to be the year of Black Madonna. And I just want to, you know, see my people do better. Hopefully, with it being early in the year and, you know, Martin Luther King Day being taken a little bit more seriously in our community and us remembering that he did not die. He was murdered. Never forget that for what he believed in, what he wanted to see happen. He was assassinated for wanting us to have better, that we just take that and we keep that and we hold on to that. And, you know, be mindful of that when we are in the presence of youth 
in the presence of elderly by not disrespecting them for what they had to go through. And, you know, just to not keep disrespecting ourselves, just to stand up, to rise up. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a king or a queen, but are you really ready to rule? Do you know the type of pressure that comes with wearing a crown? It's not all about glitz and glamour and fame and wealth and riches. There's a price to be paid. And are you willing to pay it to make sure that the ones coming behind you hold their heads up high and become everything that they're supposed to be? So, again, thank you. And you have a blessed night.